is passionate about cars with Steve Kennard, teaching drivers how to survive the world of modern motoring and imparting wisdom to the next generation of motor technicians. I'm sitting in Steve's uh, special Alan Sugar office. Um, when I walked in this morning, Steve was uh, manning the desk because a certain member of staff isn't in today. So uh, Steve is being Kathleen. And has it been busy today, Steve? Um, yeah, I, I mean... We always get the uh, the period first thing in the morning when people are dropping the cars off. It's always busy at that time. People come in, drop cars off. Um, you know, so it is a busy time. Likewise, later in the day when they come and pick the cars up. Um, but we get the periods during the day where it eases off, so you can do a bit of catching up on things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm like sort of been thrown into the hot seat in, in you know in the front office now, um, and. Uh, yeah, it just just sort of throws my plans for the day in a disarray, sort of thing. So, so all the stuff I had planned to do today now has to take a back seat. Um, and I guess this is the joys of like you know running a business, if you can call it joys. You know. <laughs> well, it's certainly um, it's it's a hive of activity, Steve. Because I mean, I've, I've spent about um, twenty minutes trying to find a slot to speak to you. Because when you're on that front desk, it's not just clients coming in; it's suppliers as well, isn't it? Yeah, we do. I mean, obviously, you know, when 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 we got um, you know sort of half a dozen guys um, working on vehicles, you know, there's there's quite a few vehicles in and out all the time, uh, all requiring parts, um, and we've got Dale that uh, organises all the parts for the guys. But the the suppliers all, all come into the front office there. Um, a lot of them will go straight back into the middle office because this is like the back office, so. They go into the middle office where Dow is, where his um, stores sort of section are, and uh, drop the bits into there, you know. But quite a few of the suppliers just come straight into the front desk, mm. drop the bits off there. Um, so, so it is, yeah, you know, you, you can be talking to a customer, a supplier will walk in, another customer will come in, the phone will ring. Mm. While you're talking on the phone, the phone will ring again, and it's that sort of thing. Uh, and then it'll all go quiet. Mm. which is fine you know so you can go and grab a coffee mm. but guarantee as soon as you go to walk out the door to get a coffee <laughs> phone will ring someone else will come in you know um, it's like me in my office as soon as like, the second I go down for, for a quick leak mm. uh, you can guarantee the phone will ring upstairs oh hey, absolutely you know you, you're sitting there and you sort of think like well, you're sort of breaking your neck a little bit like you know I've really got to you know finish this call get, must go to the loot and mm. something else will happen and you know you just uh, might be a case of like of getting some uh, incontinence pads or something. <laughs> like, you know? I mean, you know, talk about getting caught short. Um, but it's it, it's really a case of trying to find the time mm. to go to the loo. Sometimes, you know, where you got to just turn around and say to people, look, you know, just sit there for a minute. Call of nature is a lot stronger. I've <laughs> just got a. I've really got a. Uh, you know. I need a little nature break. You know? I've just decided the title of the show is going to be I've Got to Take a Leak. Um, yeah. So we, it's the 28th of uh, Jan. We, we, we skipped a show over Christmas. Anything exciting happen over Christmas, Steve? Do you have a, a nice Christmas? It seems a million years ago now, doesn't it? Yeah, Christmas. That's just, you know, as we were talking just now, you know, it's, that seems years ago. Mm. You know, I know we get one every year, but, mm. but it's... It, even though we're at the end of January and Christmas was really only sort of three or four weeks ago, where it, it does, it just seems months, months, mm. you know. Um, but now over the Christmas period, we, we've been we've been quite 
sort of busy um, in between the snowstorms and uh, and that sort of thing, you know, because we had a, a fair bit of that during the last couple of months. Um, Did you get your roof sorted, the roof problem? Roof problem. You know, you were talk- talking about insurance claims and you had a broken uh, roof and stuff. Oh, no, that's, that's still an ongoing thing. Well, <coughs> you know insurance companies, I mean, they're not the quickest of people. Um, and uh, if they can find any little loophole they will do you know get out of paying um no the long and the short of it is at the moment um, i've got to get a contractor in to sort out the problem with the roof mm. um i'll take it up with the insurance companies uh, i'll have my say i'll send letters to various people um because i do believe that people ought to do that in this country you know we we don't complain enough mm. you know we we'll I'm sure we've had this in previous sort of discussions where we'll go out on a Friday night, just happens today's Friday, so we'll put the world to rights tonight. Um, but we go out on a Friday night, you go into the pub with your mates, you'll have a beer, and you, you, invariably, sometime during the evening, the conversation will get round to a moan and a gripe about something. Mm. We'll complain about something. Price of petrol, price of food, uh, taxes, whatever. Um but we never actually do anything about it. And uh, and an awful lot of people in this country will do the same thing. You know, they'll have a gripe and a groan, mm. but trying to actually do something about it. And I, and I guess the, you know, a lot of people probably don't know what to do or how to go about uh, having their moan and complain about something. But I've found in the past that, you know, if you take the time and trouble to write a letter mm. to certain people whoever it is you're having a gripe and groan about and uh, a quick tip really if if you're dealing with a company and you're having a few problems with them mm. um you can send a letter into the company but if you send it to that particular person to have a moan or that person's manager to have a moan mm. quite often it will get kept in house because mm. it doesn't want to be sent up to the top boss mm. Uh, they want to keep it in-house and keep the gripe and groan, you know, sort of smooth it over a bit, get rid of it. Um, so quick tip, send a letter to the top man. Mm. Send an email, send a letter to the top man in the company mm. uh, explaining the situation and also send that letter to the top of the, or the head of the particular department you're having a moan about mm. and make them aware that you've sent a letter to the big man. Mm something will happen you know um, it'll be a case of I can't sweep it under the carpet because the boss knows about it mm. you know and you're as likely to get something done um, and I've found that in the past you know if you want to get something done send a letter to the top man first uh, and send and then send a letter to the whoever the manager is of that various department mm. um, and make them aware that you've sent the letter up top um, and um, yeah you, it it has the effect sure yeah. it, it really does have the effect yeah. Um, and uh, yeah I, I've, I've that's what I tend to do if if I've got a gripe and groan about something I'll do that I'll send a letter out and I'll send a say, copy of that letter to various departments Steve I think you should have a website called complain.com <laughs> with letter templates and tips and advice and things like that yeah, I mean, they see. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea, but there's, I mean, the the internet is is sort of a wonderful tool, and there's mm. there's plenty of information on there mm. for various people, whatever 
um, whatever it is you're trying to find information about, you know, and uh, and there's forums, and you'll get people on these forums that would do you a, a template letter for whatever that reason is. Um, and, of course, there are lots of companies that will do that, but it will cost you. Yeah. You know, we'll do you a template, but you've got to pay. Mm. Um, you know, that seems to be the the sort of thing, like, you know, we'll charge for whatever we can charge for, like, you know. Um, so what you got on the shop floor at the moment then, Steve? Anything exciting, interesting? Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think, actually, Andy. You know, what what we've got around there, we, we've we've had lots of... My clutch still needs doing. <laughs> yeah, I... We, we've done one a, day, Steve, one day. Uh, yeah, one day. I'm, I'm surprised it's still going. It's, but been, it's been slipping for about two years now. Yeah, well, you've been extremely lucky. What have you been doing? Just sort of parking it up and looking? No, no, I just... I don't use it very often, and I, I'm very gentle on the accelerator to the degree that it performs very much like a bus. Yeah, uh, and what is it? It's a Volvo 940 state. I rest my case. Um, <laughs> Why do they just go on and on and on, even with slipping clutches? I won't cause controversy about <laughs> Volvo drivers. Um, and, and I'm not a typical Volvo driver. I'm very careful. No, I, I, I just every time I, I think about Volvo drivers now, I just remember a, a show I see when I was in Australia. Um, it was one of these sort of Saturday night chat shows on where uh, it's it's one of these sort of manic shows with the live audience and that lot. And they used to have um, the uh, crash test dummies. Oh right, yeah. Um, and uh yeah i mean they just um let's say took the mickey slightly out of volvo drivers i mean you know i i ought to be careful here because i mean two presenters got absolutely you know sort of sacked and resigned this week about saying the wrong things in the wrong places didn't they so yeah this is a podcast you can say what you want steve can i oh that's all right then Um, slag anyone off no 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 but i i don't want to get volvo wheel nuts thrown through the front window (laughs) you know um but no, no, you know, I mean, Volvo drivers, what can I say about them? Um, we got some as customers, I better not say too much. Uh, but these crash test dummies, I mean, it was it, it was two of these crash test dummies sat there in chairs mm. in a sort of studio in front of a live audience, mm. and they were imitating Volvo drivers. You know, it was a Volvo driver and, uh, and the co-driver, or the wife or mm. uh, partner, I should say. Mm. Um, and they were sat there, and they were just as if they were driving along the road and you've got the passenger, partner, wife, whichever one you like to call them, mm. um, sort of arm out, pointing, all in slow motion like this, and the driver was sat there imitating, holding onto a steering wheel, mm. and the head was going left and right, and <laughs> and it was like this all the time, you know. Um, and it was just, it's, it's just one of these sort of silly little sketches that sort of stuck in my mind, and... Every time I sort of think about Volvos, Volvo drivers, it's these two crash test dummies on this TV show, which was, it was quite hilarious, actually. And, um, you know, it, it just, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess if you talk to somebody that doesn't drive a Volvo, you know, and you mention Volvo drivers, you know, they, they sort of come up with the same sort of image. But Well, I was the same because I used to be a keen cyclist uh, years ago. I used to cycle absolutely everywhere. Yeah. And I, I was exactly the same with Volvo drivers. In yeah. fact, once a Volvo driver sort of bumped me up on, on, on the back wheel because he didn't brake fast enough. And I just looked around, looked like thunder. He said, sorry, mate. I said, I thought those things were supposed to be safe. I said, yes, for the bloody driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and again, I, I need to be careful what I say because one of the guys mechanic can you believe this uh 
in the workshop there he's he's got a volvo and mm. um, one of the old volvos yeah. similar to yours mm. uh, i mean they are they're, they're tanks they're buses mm. you know um and, and they are what they are you know um perhaps not so green nowadays you know no, but no. but um no, i mean they they do what they do and i'm surprised you still uh, got the same clutch in that andy you know <laughs> you really can't have put much mileage on it it doesn't it doesn't do much mileage here to be honest no, no. Well, I, I wouldn't have thought so, particularly around Brighton. I mean, again, yeah. Brighton with all the hills, mm. um, you know, a, a clutch wouldn't last. If if it's starting to slip mm. around Brighton, you've got to try and stick to the flat as much as you possibly can. Like, you know, um, you know, park it two miles down the road and walk up the hill, you know, to, to go home. Um, but talking of clutches, we, we've had some clutches in this week. Um, one of them sort of comes to mind, Toyota RAV4. Um, yeah, Toyota clutch. I mean, Toyotas. Again, you know, if 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 you talk to garages, most Toyotas that you see in the workshops are usually in for maintenance and for servicing. Mm. Um, it's very rare you get problems. Um, and even this particular one wasn't really a problem. It's just the clutch is worn out. I mm. mean, you know, um, all clutches do it. They wear out. They've only got a lifespan. Um, but this one had sort of worn out. But uh, the um uh, the the time that uh, auto data which which is the um what we use for uh, looking to see how much time is is the trade give us to do a job mm. um, we use a program called auto data um, you used that earlier didn't you today i just saw you using it yeah you you go on now um you know because people will come in and they they'll ask you uh, how much to do this job how much to do that job well, I mean, there's like there's hundreds of cars, hundreds of different makes mm-hmm. of cars, models, various things out there, um, and um, you know, to to try and have all that information in your head, uh, I know the brain's a marvelous thing, but um, it's trying to recall that data. Mm. So it's a lot easier if you go onto the computer and pull up auto data, put in the car the details, and it will tell you how long the trade will give you to do that job. Um, a lot of the times it gives you, I mean, bearing in mind that's under clinical conditions. Um, so if you're talking of a car that's 10 years old, obviously there's 10 years worth of rust and corrosion and stuff like that on the nuts and bolts. And uh, plus people have been there before, so they might have the odd cross-threaded thing or yeah. things like that. So you need to sort of just throw that into the mix when you're, you're pricing. But... Um, yeah, I mean, auto data on the clutch on a Toyota Rav Four um, was uh, was it was giving us um, just over ten hours to do the job. Woo. You know, um, which as soon as you look at that and see ten hours, you think that's a bit of an involved job. I mean, a lot of clutches three, four hour jobs. Mm-hmm. This particular one, ten hours. Um, but of course, that that means that um, it's it's an engine and gearbox out job, mm-hmm. um, and you've got a. Uh, you know engine gearbox out on the floor mm. split the transmission from the engine to get into the clutch put a new clutch in mm. back together back into the vehicle mm. and then connect everything up again um, your drive shafts all your ancillaries pipe works exhaust that sort mm. of stuff um, you know and, I mean there are, there are ways and ways around it um, and on the Toyotas you can actually do it without dropping the complete unit mm. uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of Toyota mechanics out there um, again would probably be able to trim that time down a little bit um, 
but um, but it can be done. Dropping a subframe um, and various bits and pieces, shafts and that lot, and getting the box out that way, you can get enough room to get it out. Um, but um, you know, time saving wise, there's not a lot of difference. You know, maybe an hour or so. Um, not a lot of difference, but but it is it can be done. But the the auto data is a good tool. Mm. A lot of garages use either auto data or a similar tool. Yeah, used to be uh, called the ICME time manual when we used to have books before computers. We used to have Haynes manuals. Haynes manuals, yeah, that's you know, I mean, it's a blast from the past. Oh, I, you know, I, I still sort of say that they can be dangerous in the wrong hands. Um, you know, there's uh, Haynes manuals, yeah, I look, looked in one of those a few years ago about doing handbrake cables on a uh, Alpha, Alpha, this was an Alpha Sud, a little Alpha Sud, not too many of them about now, front wheel drive. Flat four engine, um, and uh, this was uh, you know to, to change handbrake cables. Auto data. When you looked it up in there about to change the handbrake cable, it just said this is a job to be left well alone. Oh, really? <laughs> That's what it said in there. It really told you how to do it. You know, it was a case of take it to somebody else and get them to do it. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, Haynes Manuals. Uh, sorry, did I say Autodata? I meant Haynes Manuals. Um, but yeah, Haynes Manuals, I mean, they they can be dangerous. And, and over the years in the trade, you know, I've seen many guys, um, even women, walking in with their Haynes Manual. You know, I've got this, I've done that, and I've done I've exactly what it said in the book, mm. but I'm stuck. You know, where do I go from here sort of thing. Um so yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 still um, we still get people, um, particularly classic car wise, um, you know, bringing in the Haynes manuals with the various data on it. Um, of course, a lot of the programs we get um, in the trade now, you know, they wouldn't have all the data for the older cars, um, and uh, we had a, a Maxi. Austin Max. I remember those. Yeah, we had one of them in the other day. Um, <coughs> MOT, um, bits and pieces on it for the MOT, and one of the bits was the exhaust. I mean, the exhaust just come to the end of its day, and the Maxi exhaust is a little bit of a sort of... Uh, it's not quite straightforward on a Maxi exhaust, the actual design of it. Um, but we managed to track one down for the customer, um, somebody somewhere... Um, was uh you know had a stockpile of maxi bits so you know i mean there are people out there um and uh we, we phoned this guy up and yeah i mean he, he was able to supply us with a complete maxi system um which we fitted on the car for the guy and uh and then it was a case of having to you know balance his carburetors up um for the emissions the emissions were out on it as well um like they do the older cars the old carburetors um you get a bit of wear here and there things tend to stick a bit um and uh you know they they have to have regular adjustments Mm. Uh, they start to run a little bit rich don't go through emissions that sort of thing and um and this guy here in the past had uh He'd run from Brighton down to a guy he knew in Littlehampton just to get his carburetors adjusted, you know. And I said, well, you don't need to do that because we can do that. It's not a problem, you know, balance carburetors. We can balance carburetors. Uh, You know, I used to do that 
donkeys years ago when I used to do a little bit of the racing and that lot. Um, and, um, you know, there's a couple of other guys in the workshop there that are of the older school mm. that uh, know what a carburetor is because, mm. of course, you show it to a modern-day mechanic, carburetor, and it's like, scratch your head, what the hell's that? Because yeah. it's all injectors and uh, electronics nowadays, you know. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and, and maybe we'll do that on a an, another show. The uh, my, my belief that they, with the modern car mm. and computers, um, you know, they can write into the program an expiry time. Mm. We might have even mentioned this at some stage, and I do believe that perhaps that's the case. A little bit of a conspiracy thing there, you know, where um, all these onboard computers, it'd be very easy to write in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I'm trying to think of the right word. Is it sort of redundancy? So they basically will stop working after a certain amount of time. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we get programs. We use programs uh, in our day to day use at the workshop here, and it will come up. You know, you've got like 31 days to renew the license. Otherwise, mm. bang, you're locked out. Mm. Um, and it will be quite easy to do that with cars. You know, mm. so the manufacturers can just turn and say, right, this part here, we only want it to last four years. Mm. It's well out of warranty then, so we can put a little lifespan in there. You know, we just write the program, put it in, four years. They call it a kill switch or a kill kill bit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, you know, so so we can sort of put a um, an expiry date on the um, on a car. You know, we can just turn around and say on the display, you know, this car has got another two hundred and twenty five days of life left in it. You know, before it's no good and uh, you know you've either got to replace various bits and pieces or you need to get a computer whiz kid mm. rewrite the program mm. um but yeah I, you know i mean this is the sort of thing with modern cars the older cars you can make parts you can manufacture bits you know you can just you can just keep them going you know um something mechanical you you can make a part for it when it comes down to electronics it's a little bit more difficult to know what's sort of going on inside there, you know, so yeah. just a little bit overcomplicated, but um, you know, this is the way cars are gone. This is the way they're going, and uh, I wonder what the next sort of steps going to be with them. I was going to ask you a completely unrelated question, actually. See, I've been meaning to ask you this question for months and months and months. But but you are next door to another garage. Mm. Do you ever interact? I mean, do you ever, do you ever do, do they ever come around and say, "Oh, Steve, can you borrow, can I borrow a spanner?" Or <laughs> do you ever go, "Oh, we're a bit low on this. Can we borrow some of that?" Uh, God, you you do like touching a few nerves this morning, <laughs> don't you? Um, yeah, it's. <clears throat> we, I mean, obviously, you're in competition, but you know, is that obvious when you interact, or don't you interact at all? Yeah, we we do. I mean. Uh, you know, we're, we're all in the same game. Um, you know, we're all here to try and earn a living. Um, and, uh, you know, yes, we do. I mean, um, they, they've got a little MOT bay next door there. Um, but it's just sort of one guy there that, that does it. And um, he'll, uh, if he's on holiday, um, or maybe, you know, if he's ill, um, they'll, they'll come around and ask us if we can squeeze their MOTs in for them it's not a problem I mean business is yeah. business at the end of the day um, but we all, we also have them coming around like you know have you got this can I borrow that so they do come around because they have to borrow spanners yeah yeah we, we have we have um, we, we've had that in the past and uh, and we've also in the past sort of said like yes we've 
got a tool here and you can hire it mm, mm. Um, because like obviously we have to buy the tools mm. you know and uh, and the more it gets used um you know it's it means we'd have to replace it sooner anyway you know so um and and if we're actually investing in tools and equipment you know it's it's i suppose it gets in the back of the throat a little bit if you've got uh, a competitor a rival that's coming in to ask to borrow your tools so he can earn money mm. you buy the tools and he'll earn from it you know mm. so, so it's, sometimes it does and I, and I guess um it it really depends on what mood i'm in because uh, you know i mean i'm human and i'll have my good days and bad days and um and some days, you know, I might sort of send them out with a flea in the ear, mm. you know. Um, might even throw a few Fs in somewhere. But <laughs> but you, ne- you never go around there to borrow bits and bobs? Very rare. I won't say that we haven't done it in the past. Um, but, uh, you know, I-, I guess for every one tool of theirs that we might have been around to borrow... Mm. They probably borrowed hundred of ours. Really, it's it's that sort of ratio, <laughs> um, because I'm I'm a firm believer in having the tools to do the right job. You know, if you want to do the right job, you've got to buy the tools. You've got to invest in the equipment. Mm. Um, you know, where perhaps the guy next door is maybe got a different outlook. You know, it's like no guys, you can't have that. Go next door and borrow it. Mm. Um, I, I don't know, maybe I ought to adopt his stance at some time, you know. But, no, nah, I mean, we, we get on okay. Um, you know, there's, um, we'll have our up days and down days, you know. Um, and uh, and we've, we've had differences, you know. I'm not saying that we haven't. But you uh, both have a common enemy, don't you? The traffic wardens. Traffic wardens, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, to be fair, it, anybody in Brighton... Um, you know, I guess the traffic warden, bless them. <laughs> yeah, says that with such meaning. Um, you know, they are a bit of a common enemy to any sort of business in the town. Um, and, and I just think that some of the guys, they're okay. They they really are. Um, they're, they're not all 100%... Uh, I can't say arseholes, can I? They're not all 100%... We just did, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> But you didn't refer to them as arseholes, you just no, said the no. word arseholes. No, you see, again, I've got to be very careful because I'm mindful <laughs> of what's been going on this week in the media, you know. Uh, I mean, if it's if it's good enough for Andy Gray and Richard Keyes and that, like, you know, I mean, I'm just... I need to be careful. Um, um, losing my train of thought here. Uh, but Common enemies. Common enemies, yeah. These the, the traffic wardens, they're... A lot of them we get round here are pretty good. They'll stick their head in the garage because they know. Mm. They're perfectly aware that we're trying to run a business. And, um, you know, we we don't take the mickey Mm. like that. People who drop a car off. um, And it might be three or four minutes or whatever. You know, mindful that we're allowed five minutes um, for us to sort of move the car from where a customer's left it. Mm. Because a customer can't, you know, just... There is nowhere to park out there, you know, uh, without putting it on a bay and paying. Mm. Um, so it's a lot easier just pull up outside the workshop, um, not really causing any obstruction to anybody except us mm. and they're our customers, so it's hardly classed as an obstruction. Mm. Um, so they'll pull up and park outside our doors, um, which there is double yellow lines there, but it is outside our doors there and, uh, you know, pop into the office, drop the keys off, mm. 
we'll sort the bits and pieces out with them and uh, and then we'll go out and remove the car um, to make sure it's not causing a problem. But sometimes we do get the traffic wardens that come down there and, you know, I've seen them stand on opposite corners up and down the street, looking down the road, taking notes, registrations, um, and then it's a case of get down there quick, get a ticket on it and disappear before anybody's known not I've been there. Mm. You know, and you see that happen, um, and it's it's just not necessary. I mean, it doesn't give them a good name at mm. all. Um, and and to be quite honest, here we're not really causing any serious obstructions if it's parked across our doors. Um, so you know, it's a case of like a bit of live and let live, and uh, let's be realistic about things. And we, you know, we're all in the same town, and we're all like trying to keep the economy going and, uh, you know, let's all work together. Let's not sort of all pull in different directions, you know. Let's use our energies pulling in the same direction rather than pulling against each other. And with that, Steve, I think I shall thank you. We've got a 30-minute show there, a double show for the price one. Um, so thanks very much, Steve Kenner from First Class Garage in Kemptown, Brighton. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for listening to Passionate About Cars. Visit the podcast website at passionate-about-cars.com and Steve's excellent garage, First Class Garage, can be found at www.1stclassgarage.co.uk. 